Dr. Maria Nemeth. I'm a PhD psychologist, master certified coach, and the founder and director of the Academy for Coaching Excellence. This podcast is about you and your relationship with money. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Maria in the Energy of Money podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm here with my buddy, Kalika Yap. Hi, Maria. Nice to see you again. Yes, good to be talking with you again. And, you know, Kalika, this uh, time in this podcast, I've been thinking of what I'd love to speak about. And I'd love to speak about something called driven behavior. Sounds good. And um, it's because there are so many talented, brilliant people that I'm seeing who, uh, in my coaching, who are really doing very well, but they're exhausted. They're just exhausted. They're not enjoying themselves. And um, I have seen that there are three symptoms of driven behavior. And as our audience is listening, um, try not to hyperventilate as you hear me talking about this, <laughs> because really there are so many people who are very successful and they prize themselves on being driven. But when you look at it, it may not be as, I don't know, it may not be as um, rewarding as it sounds. So listen to see if this sounds like you. Okay. So the first symptom of driven behavior is this. You think or you do something over and over and over again. Even if it causes you to struggle or it uh, doesn't bring a result, but you do it over and over again. Why? Because you, that's the way you've done it. You know, that's the way you've done it before. And it's just got to turn out this way. One day, it'll turn out better. You know, there's something called, uh, in psychology, variable interval reinforcement. Uh, would you like to know what that is? <laughs> it's kind of interesting. It's what keeps slot machines going. That's, that's this. When uh, a pigeon, let's say you have a pigeon, and ever so often when it pecks at a bar, it'll get uh, a little piece of something to eat. Now. It pecks at the bar the first time. It gets something to eat one or two or three times. And after the third time, it'll get something to eat. Then it starts pecking again. But this time, it has to peck five times before it gets something to eat. And then two times again. And then the ratio goes up to 10 times one, from one little piece of food. And then it goes down to once or twice again. And then it goes up to 20 times for a piece of food. Well, this is about, it's called a variable interval reinforcement. And that's the same thing that keeps slot machines going because you put something in a slot machine and you hit a little bit, you get a little bit of money. And so you put it in again. And maybe two or three times later, you get a little bit of money. But then it's 10 times later and then back to two times. And these are the hardest behaviors to let go of because I don't know what happens in a pigeon's mind, 
But in your mind, in our mind, it's like, well, it works ever so often. So if I keep doing it over, over and over, over and over again, it's got to work. Why? Because it, it used to work. Now, as you're listening to me, do you have any kind of behavior like that? Is there something that you're doing, maybe in your relationship with money, which used to bring you rewards and sometimes still does, but you can't count on when it will do it? And because you can't count on when it'll do it, it makes you even more involved in trying to do it. And that's symptom number one of driven behavior. Keep doing the same thing over and over again, as Rita Mae Brown would say, expecting different results. The second uh, symptom is that whatever you do, uh, there's limited satisfaction, really. You know, um, it's limited because you're too tired to enjoy it. You know, um, thinking of one client I coached who worked really hard all week so that she could enjoy a fancy dinner on Friday night because she'd worked so hard all week, she was too tired to enjoy the dinner. Has that ever happened to you? That you plan something that you think is you're going to really enjoy. It could be with people you love or with your friends. But because you worked so hard all week that by the time you get to see them, you're too tired to really enjoy it. What do you think about that, Kalika? Or they'll just cancel it altogether. Oh, yeah. They have reservations, maybe to see friends. And at the end of the day, it's just, you know, I can't even deal, right? I'm just going to sit myself in front of the couch and just zone out for a second. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to binge watch Mm -hmm. some of my favorite things. I mean, after all, I've worked so hard all week. If I'm too tired to see my friends, I mean, I deserve. I deserve to just sit on my couch and binge watch. Now, once again, everybody, just keep breathing as you're hearing me say this. Sometimes people uh, actually stop breathing or they start hyperventilating, (laughs) breathing too fast. The third symptom is something called perfectionism. And it's the just the last finishing touch syndrome. Before I let it out the door, I just have to push, put this finishing touch. And there was a woman that I coached many years ago. Uh, her name is Marge, and she was an amateur photographer. And there was this contest here in Sacramento about turning in photos, and you'd get an award. And she had this most beautiful photo of uh, Canyonlands. I mean, she showed it to me. It was gorgeous. But this is what happened. She said, um, you know, I put it in one frame, and it didn't quite look good enough. So I just put it in a different frame, and that was okay, but I didn't like the glass. It wasn't museum-quality glass. And so she said, I kept changing things around, and I missed the deadline for submitting our photos. And the thing that really burned me, she said, was that when I went to the contest and I saw all the photos, the man who won first place, his was good. It was good, but I would have won. I know it but I missed it because I just had to put that finishing touch. And does that sound familiar, folks? In any way, shape, or form, driven behavior. And, you know, I suggest that if this is true for you, that with regard to this finishing touch, 
you could subscribe to something I call the good enough uh, response. First of all, it's good enough, and it's good enough. And allow yourself to stop. You know, a lot of the times what you think you have to put on as a finishing touch, no one will notice. They won't. They're too quick to viewing to view things, and it might escape them altogether. Now, I'm not saying turn out schlocky work. Come on, because if you're a professional, if you're an entrepreneur like me, and like Kalika, you're going to want to turn out very, very good work. But do you ever stay with something so long that it's gonna, you know, it's gonna cost you in the end? Now, I say to people. When you're looking at this, if you're looking at any of these three symptoms that I've talked about, be gentle with yourself. You know, the first thing is to recognize it. And the second is to ask yourself the question that I've been asking people for years. Would it be okay with you if, if life got easier? <laughs> Would it be okay with you if life got easier? Would it be okay with me to enjoy my life? And you could even put somewhere when you can see it every day, I am willing to enjoy my life. I am willing to have fun. The F word, <laughs> the three-letter F word, because I'll tell you, um, it costs us. And, you know, the other way of looking at it is, what does it cost me to be driven like this? And when I say cost, I'm real specific about cost. You know, there are six kinds of energy that you and I use to bring things into physical reality, to create. There's the energy of money, the energy of time, the energy of physical vitality. And you know how we say uh, you can waste money, you can waste your time, you can waste your physical energy. You see, we know somehow that this metaphor holds. And then there's the energy of creativity, when you have creative solutions for not only what to create, but to how, how to go around the inevitable obstacles that come at us in life, then there's the energy of enjoyment, the ability to savor, to really love, for example, what we're eating. Do you know, Kalika, I've found that there's a difference between people who are naturally thin and people like me who have to always watch it. And the biggest difference is that people who are naturally thin, they tend to enjoy their food. And people like me who uh, have to watch it, we tend to consume our food. Uh, <laughs> maybe on another podcast, I'll talk about this a little more deeply. But the bottom line is when you're eating, do you gulp your food down as though something's going to be taken away from you? Or do you enjoy each and every little bite? So I've gone through money, time, physical vitality, creativity, enjoyment, and then the energy of relationship, which is love relationships, friendships, the energy of support. When you and I are doing things over and over again, you know, this repetition, when we have limited satisfaction and when we have this perfectionism, just one finishing touch, when we're 
engaging in those three behaviors, what does it cost us? Costing us in terms of our money, our time, our physical energy, our creativity, our enjoyment, and relationships. I say there's a cost. And really, one of the things to look at is the cost with the energy of money. Um, So it's an important thing to be looking at in our lives. I know myself because that's something that I always have to have an eye on, Kalika. I'm so enthusiastic about all the kinds of things that I do that, you know, I, I can overdo it and work more hours than I really need to and then get exhausted. And uh, at the ripe age of 77, going on 78, I think I'm getting a handle on it. (laughs) In my eighth decade, I think I'm getting a handle on it and starting to slow down a little and enjoying. But I tell you, if it works for me to look at my behavior, it'll work for anybody. So what do you think? What are your thoughts, Kalika? I think that um, that first step, observing, we were talking about it earlier, observing, being compassionate about what you're seeing enables you to shift and then take action. Is, is, that, the, is that the model? Yeah. You know, one, one way to do it is, um, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it really is true. Do you want to get out of this driven behavior syndrome? If you do, this is what to do. It might take a few days, all right? It might even take a couple weeks or so, but you'll begin to see some shift in this area. So the first thing to do is ask yourself in the moment, am I exhibiting driven behavior? Now, I have something called the a busy holism um, index. And if anyone wants to get a copy of the busy holism index, you have only to email monica at acecoachtraining.com. That's monica at acecoachtraining.com and ask for the busy holism inventory is what it is, not just the index, the inventory. And it gives you, oh, a whole bunch of behaviors. But when I'm observing one of my children or grandchildren at a soccer game, for example, do I really pay attention or am I too busy on my cell phone or iPad texting to really enjoy them? Do I hurry through my food without sitting back and enjoying the flavors and the textures and the colors? Incidentally, it's been shown that if you chew your food 32 times between each bite, so take a bite and chew it 32 times and then swallow, two things will happen. First, you are digesting it in your mouth. You're digesting half of the food is being digested in your mouth. But the second thing is you're slowing down. And if you slow down, you tend to enjoy more and eat less. So do I gulp through my food? I mean, there are a whole bunch of ways that you can tell if you're being driven. So you observe it, just like you said, Blika. Then have some compassion for yourself because we all develop these habits, like these driven behaviors, for example. You're not alone. And in having compassion for yourself, then shift the focus of of your attention to something else. And let me tell you, you heard me laugh a couple minutes ago when I said it's kind of like a panacea, but it's true. Find three things in that moment to be grateful for. And it's 
what that does is that it slows the brain down and allows you to take a deep breath. And in that moment, assess, is what I'm doing bringing me enjoyment? Or am I kind of like on this track, like a railroad car, just going on this track? There's no enjoyment. It's not good enough. And switch to enjoyment. You know, one of the things that I notice about people who are driven Kalika is they sometimes feel guilty if they enjoy themselves. I should be working. I shouldn't be having fun like this. This is, I'm not being responsible. But observe, be compassionate, shift the focus of your attention to three things for which you are grateful, and then ask yourself, what might I do right now that would bring me or someone I love some enjoyment? It's a good habit to to, uh, develop and a good way to lay down new synaptic pathways in your brain. You know, a synaptic pathway, something that you do over and over and over again becomes automatic after a while because your brain has laid down these pathways which begin to fire of their own accord. So I hope this has been helpful, folks. Really, you know, just allow yourself to to slow down and enjoy. And, you know, you might ask the question, would it be okay with me if life got easier? I look forward to hearing from you. I hope this has been enjoyable for you. And uh, see you next time. Bye for now. Thanks, Maria. Thank you, Kalika.